0: Hello! You know what? I, the moment I started saying that, my brain went full on Mrs. Ooh. Doubtfire. Hello! You know what? I've heard that That's so a... many times That's recently, a... where I've said stuff and someone just turns around and goes, ooh! It's very
1: Christmassy, that, though, isn't it? Mrs. Doubtfire. It's very, it? it's very Christmassy. for. I think it's, yeah, it's a family film to watch
0: at Christmas. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's not a Christmassy film. Oh, However, die you know,
1: hard. So,
0: so the debate... So,
1: oh, listeners, I did not know. I had not realised... I have uh,
0: not watched Die Hard. And, and now you've watched all five. <laughs> and now i binge
1: watched them. <laughs> binge watched them in a good couple of days over Christmas. So much, I'm up to date
0: now. So, two questions then on that. One, everybody always... Like, Why are we are still, still talking Christmas even though it's January now? First question... Is Christmas is is Christmas. Is, is Die, die hard. hard a Christmas film?
1: Absolutely, because having known the conversation, not remembered watching it and thought, well I'll see what this crack's about. Um am so has... glad
0: you said crack. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: being in Ireland a lot recently. Um I think there's Christmas trees. There's mention of Christmas, they go to a Christmas party. It snows. Each one has some sort of Christmas element to it that it's based in December around Christmas.
0: Each one has a Christmas element to it up until three. And um, then after three, they kind of switched to the summer, so the cyber one. However, you said that you quite liked four. You liked the cyber crime one.
1: I think that's just because they modernised it for like, you know, I think was that a 2007 film?
0: A lot of people you speak to, the purists say it stops being good after three. Really?
1: I mean, I binged it. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't have nuanced it that much, I don't think. I kind of went, yes, it's a Christmas film and sort of, you know, had another Bailey's. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Been to watching films, drinking alcoholic drinks—the true spirit of Christmas.
1: Yeah, uh, how how did you go um, on the non-alcoholic year? You did so, well, didn't you?
0: I, I did the full year last year, so I decided last January the first. I was going to just go a month without drinking, see what happened. Now, I'm not a major drinker anyway, but you know, you go to parties, you go for nights out, you have a couple of drinks, but I thought, I'll do a month, see what happens. I got to the end of the month and my brain went, yeah, that was easy enough. Let's go three (laughs) months. That eventually then turned into the full year and has now moved into 2023 as well. well. So I don't don't know is the honest answer. It's kind of one of those things that... I don't think saying I will never drink again is the right thing to do. However, I don't particularly feel the urge. Well,
1: that's good. That's healthy anyway. I know, I know. Yeah. I
0: realise we've we we've suddenly gone down the, the route of let's talk about Christmas films, Die Hard, um, and whether Darren has an issue with alcohol or not. And we've still introduced ourselves. No. <laughs> so we should start. My name is Darren. This is Liz. We're Digi Enable, and this is the Digi Enable Podcast January edition. Um, if you New haven't year. already
1: figured that bit out. <laughs> well, you
0: know what, and that's the bit. It's <laughs> all about confused. Christmas. <laughs> well, that's the bit that confused me because we talk so much about Die Hard and Christmas. Yeah, I would have thought yeah, if yeah. I was listening to this, I might be going, "Oh, this is December's."
1: yeah no because it's off the back of it you know we're all starting to think about new years and good intentions but you know a top productivity tip to get us started always reflecting back on the last month the last year it's good to do because i think we all are continuously chasing the next thing what's the next thing that i want to do what's my next goal what's my next task Sometimes we forget to do the celebrating bit and, you know, the end of the year is a good opportunity to do that. So Absolutely. there you go. Top Absolutely. productivity tip to
0: get us started. Perfect. So you are listening to the DigiNable podcast. As always, we come together just for half an hour once every couple of months. Well, we know we come together more frequently than that. We come together for the podcast for half an hour once every couple of months. And always it sound like <laughs> we, we kind of do this podcast and then <laughs> no you go in your direction and I go in my direction. I'll see you again in March. It's not quite it's not, it's, it's not quite that bad yet, we're getting there, we're getting there. Um, but no, we come together for half an hour and we share with you what we've been keeping an eye on in terms of social media news, SEO news, tech news, things that have been going on in the world and, you know, if the last year is anything to go by and, and you know, the Twitter debacles and all that kind of stuff. It's still
1: going on. If it's you still listen going on. to the last two podcasts that we created... We're still talking about Twitter in this one as
0: well. Absolutely. I think 2023 is going to be a very, very interesting year for technology and social media. So if you'd like to keep up to date, then do subscribe to our podcast. There will be a button somewhere. I'm pointing as if I'm on a YouTube video, but obviously you can't (laughs) see that. Look for a big button that says subscribe or RSS or something along those lines. Just just click something, click anything. Apart from the big cross in the corner. Don't (laughs) click that. That will just bring this to a very, very Uh, abrupt end.
1: Brilliant.
0: It's been a good start to the month, Um, busy, hit the ground running, lots of people that we're kind of speaking to, lots of ideas and projects being thrown around, and as I say, it's going to be a very, very good year for lots of, lots of different reasons. So let's dive straight into the technology news, and I think everyone's been kind of waiting for this news. People in their shirts and suits and ties in Wall Street and the big financial capitals around the world have just been waiting to find out about this, and finally it's been released Love Island is back
1: Yay! in the next couple of weeks <laughs> see
0: because they made the decision a couple of years ago didn't they and I think this was a mid kind of Covid thing they decided mm. to do a winter Love Island and they moved it over to Africa rather than being in the middle of Europe kind of <laughs>
1: Well you would want to for the heat at this time of year. Could
0: you imagine Love Island will not be the same if you are all sat there around the fire pit in blankets
1: <laughs> Blankets, hot chocolate I mean that seems like my type of holiday <laughs> but maybe not conducive to the whole Love Island bikini's experience not
0: to cast aspersions i don't see you as the typical love island <laughs> kind of contestant
1: i like watching it though
0: you do like watching it we both like watching it unfortunately <laughs> probably a little bit too much however what's really interested me this year i'm gonna watch it because i always kind of do and mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah. i don't i still yeah. don't know why but i can't even though even though it. it's
1: not the summer edition
0: it's not the summer edition but they have brought some top new top rules top. so first of all um the main presenter has moved away from it. So Laura, who did the last series, she's moved mm. away. And they're bringing in... You know Maya.
1: What?
0: So I was going to say Maya. Yeah. What? What's her surname? Jarma. That's the one. I was going to say Maya Ballack. She's the one out of Big Bang Theory.
1: Okay, no. Actually Maya Jarma and me actually did a workshop for Radio 1 Extra a very, very long time right. ago before she was famous. All right, all right. She won't remember me like. You know what? But We're... that's my little claim to fame with Maya.
0: Regular listeners to this podcast won't be sat there going, <laughs> oh, name dropping again.
1: <laughs> Cause it's not something we typically
0: do. And I honestly never thought that would be the first name you kind of dropped into one of these. Yeah.
1: We we co-delivered a how to write a blogging workshop together. Nice. Somewhere in Leeds, I think. I'm looking so forward to that's it. that's her hometown. Because I do think
0: are. the bits I've seen her, I've obviously not had the personal experiences you have, but she seems like a really nice woman. Mm. And I think she'll bring quite a lot of yeah. personality to the role. In,
1: in the 45 minutes I spent together in the same room, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she seemed pretty sound. We had a quick convo and, and then cracked on with running a workshop together. And
0: she appeared to tolerate me. <laughs>
1: well, you never know. <laughs> she seemed alright. Yeah, <laughs> she she seemed a lovely enough, and she was helping young people to get their uh media skills together. You know, alongside uh, us mere mortal trainers. Uh, they were bringing in lots yeah. of uh, Radio 1 Extra uh, presenters to uh, you know, make the cool bit happen. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah.
0: those who are familiar with Love Island will know that, that this kind of become a bit of a premise and a bit of a way of doing things on Love Island now. Mm-hmm. And it's always the case that people go on Love Island under the premise i'm looking for love but what they're really kind of looking for and hoping for mm. is a bit of a media career that follows yeah so when they go in there the pr teams are very very active pr and family on their social media sites keeping updated building an audience this year the love island producers have actually put a new clause into the contract that says any contestant on love island is not allowed to have their social media active and actively being used during the time they are on the island. And in the producer's words, this clause is is mainly aimed at supporting the mental health of those involved in the programme. So if you think back to previous years, there's always the hero, there's always the villain, there's always the people that are going to get a lot of trolling online in these situations. And they've said the families who are monitoring those social media Mm. accounts to hear so much negativity (laughs) towards their loved ones is actually quite damaging yeah so i kind of understand why this rule is being brought in however it's going to be very interesting to see how that changes the way from a pr perspective Mm. those accounts are going to be used because i imagine The moment that person comes out, or the moment Love Island actually comes to an Mm -hmm. end, we are going to suddenly see a massive increase in the presences of those people.
1: And I think that's it, isn't it? I think um, quite a few of the Love Island contestants over the past few years have been influencers, or have had a job that's been part paid by influencing on socials so they will actually also have lots of contracts potentially out there as well where they're expected to do certain things and expected to post certain things they might have scheduled those six to twelve months in advance so i think it's opening a bit more of a can of worms than most people going oh that's good for mental health actually that might be good for mental health but is that detrimental to their business and their income so, you know, if, if actually one of the big things that, that they do is make money from social posts, then actually that's that's not going to be helping them. I hope that they've set up this uh, agreement on socials before people have known what they're signing up to as contestants. I hope that's been very clear because then hopefully they make a, you know, they can have a clear decision of whether they want to do that as part of, you know, yes, their marketing strategy, but also their business plan. Exactly what you said. You know, for those of you who remember Big Brother, you know, Big Brother the first couple of times was knew it was unique. By series 10, 15, everyone was using it as a way of getting visibility, you know, as a PR, as a press piece. Um, so Love Island's gone that way as well. Um, so yeah, pros and cons of it. I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out and what the impact is for those people that do come out of it whether it's better or worse for them in terms of business-wise as well.
0: It's always interesting, isn't it, the way the way celebrity and social media works together, both for positive and negative. I mean, not not to give away... Actually, no, we might as well give away the sort of date of the recording of this podcast. It's the end of the first week? Start, no, it's the start of the second week of January at the moment as we're actually recording this. So if you're familiar with... Both myself and Liz are quite big fans of the NFL. We love watching American yeah. football. And last week, there was a big news story that one of the players, DeMar Hamlin, who plays for the Buffalo Bills, he just collapsed mid-game on the field. Um, Everyone surrounded him, everyone looking after him. It looks from the reports like his heart stopped while he was on the actual pitch. Um, on the field, on the gridiron even, let's use the technical terms but you could see the concern that was there and very similar to the Christian Eriksson story from the Euros a couple of years ago where he collapsed Mm. everyone has really and rightfully so applauded the medics that are involved in the games because if it wasn't for them, their quick responses and what they did, he probably wouldn't be with us anymore now at the time of recording this it looks like he's recovering well he's still not over it but we're getting good news stories coming from this but what's really interesting from the social media point of view is the social media world suddenly jumps on this as an opportunity to sort of further the agendas of different people. Mm. So this didn't happen so much with Christian Eriksen. I'm trying to remember. I think the timings are the reason why this didn't happen. But when Hamlin collapsed pretty much within about 20 minutes and for the next few days, there was a massive increase in stories that were talking about his heart condition being a side effect of the COVID vaccine. Yeah. And the social media sites are still maybe not doing enough, but trying to actively work against this kind of misinformation spread mm. that, that has no basis in fact. You know, we can't say 100% whether it's misinformation or not, but yeah. there's nothing to actually link the two things together at this stage. But it yeah. was interesting to see how quickly that story spread.
1: I think it's people using a news story that they know is going to be uh, a viral news story very quickly, very similar to the English football uh, player who, you know, basically it was was a similar process, Um, but it's social media land that is responsible for mitigating those stories and, you know, very recently, I know we're, we're going back to the Twitter story again, um uh you know uh, musk deciding he was going to bin off most of his um uh you know kind of fact checkers and stuff and said actually now we're going to they've removed the policy about covid uh so yes you can spread information um on twitter with no repercussions now so i think you know those people that want to do that are using a big news story to very quickly disseminate information, whether it's you know becomes true or false, yeah. we don't know that, do we?
0: There was a, a little interesting story that was kind of came out just before Christmas, and it was Facebook do their regular user reports and they kind of publish the, yeah. the results on those online for people like us who have nothing else to do with their time to, <laughs> to read and keep up with. And one of the things they did talk about towards the end of last year was that they Deliberately changed the algorithm to lower the amount of political content on Facebook towards the end of last right. year. Yeah, yeah. And the reason was they made the assumption that people were getting so tired of yeah. arguing about politics all yeah. the time that if there was less information there, then people yeah. will kind of move away yeah. from those arguments. What they actually found as a result of this is people oh. miss those stories and want more political arguments online. Oh. And it's interesting, we're seeing such a big sure, percentage now that? of social media users that yeah. see it as an opportunity where they can argue their point against someone that has a different set of beliefs.
1: And I guess that's a fa- facility that exists, and if it's done in the right way by nice human beings, you could have a very interesting debate about something but i think it's just too quick for it to be a, a you know a slinging mud match yes and, and that's a shame i mean i'm very much still yes there is a place for business on social media and promotion but i'm all about having fun cat pictures and i think we've lost our way a little bit there you know christmas yes let's share all the funny memes and the good stuff and the cute cartoons and the cute little micro pigs running around the house i mean that's what i seek when i look for something on social media because actually i've gone for and, and again it's people using this social media platform as an escapism what are we trying to escape or escape in the real world so is it then right for us to then carry on having a conversation about real world in social media? I mean, it, you know, it's it's a really interesting way that platforms are now becoming more utilised. They have less to less about together. cats and cucumbers. Yeah,
0: absolutely. They have to come to c- cucumbers. They I have love to- it. <laughs>
1: have you not watched the cats and cucumbers?
0: No. Oh, that right. I thought they were two different subjects. Cats you just decided c- they were your two favourite types of videos to watch. No,
1: no. So, on YouTube and other social media platforms as well, but initiated from YouTube, um, people got really excited by putting a cucumber on the floor and watching the cat's reaction. And basically, it jumps a mile. There's meant to be a natural great. aversion between the yeah, two. Yeah, no, yeah, it must want... be. The smells. But those sorts of things, that's what gets me, gives me happiness. And it gives me a bit of a laugh because by, by
0: knowing that cats are being terrified. Well uh, no. That's quite, I mean quite, they're not
1: terrified. They're just like ooh and they jump a
0: bit. Sounding a bit cruel to me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think I think, you know, you're absolutely right. We've got to think about what people's agenda for being online is. And unfortunately it does seem like that whether it's It's not clear at this stage whether it's a majority or a minority, but some people are taken to the online world as a place to Mm. vent, to coerce, to really push forward their agenda. And I think that that vaccination story around Hamlin's collapse Mm. really kind of brings that to the forefront again and hopefully starts that discussion kind of up again. So, yeah, interesting times. I suppose if we're trying to summarise the argument from the Digi Enable team here is we want a little bit less misinformation and aggressiveness and a little bit more love island and cats and cucumbers yes that sounds
1: like the perfect mix of online world yes please
0: let's talk social media then in terms of changes we did say that you can't get away from twitter too long certainly not while elon musk is calling the shots, and the interesting news this month is about what's been happening with the verifications and the badges. So, recap, I feel like, you know, we're in episode <laughs> of 24. What
1: well, Previous... did we say last time? Yeah, so there's more, isn't there? I feel it? like we
0: need one of those captions now we go, previously on the DigiNable podcast. In the last podcast, we talked about... There you
1: go, we can clip that layer right? <laughs> no.
0: And use it before every story. <laughs> okay, no, we did,
1: we, we did that once with meat, meat noises or something. <laughs> Let's not so, go there.
0: Um, Twitter introduced paid-for blue badges. Yes. Now, straight away... Old
1: news.
0: ...got massively abused. Yeah. So people were setting up accounts under the names of celebrities and their own things, and they were just paying the $8 that Elon Musk was yeah. asking um, for the blue badge. Now, from Elon Musk's point of view, we have to kind of look at this, and we have to understand yeah. what he's doing. He bought Twitter of a massive debt. They they mm, they have yeah. a debt of around about $13 billion a year. Yeah. As a platform, it's not making money, and actually, in that purchases within Twitter don't really work that well. People don't pay for premium packages. So he has to counter that debt somehow. The most obvious way is to offer these $8 um, kind of packages. But like I say, they haven't been working too well. So what's (laughs) now been introduced is, that's still the case. If you want a blue tick next to your name, you can pay $8. But people are now asking the question, well how do I know if someone's a genuine business or not? So Twitter this month are now introducing gold ticks. They yes. go next to names as well. Yeah. Now, as it stands at the moment, they're only rolling these out to so businesses. So if you can prove that you're a business and yeah. you show that this is your business account, then you can get a cold tick which shows is your official. Yeah. However, what we're expecting to happen over the next couple of months is that they potentially roll that out to staff of those businesses as well. Yeah,
1: right. So we I'm know kind. that
0: someone is an official person from an official business and you can take that information with a level of credibility. Right. However, you will still be able to buy a blue tick if you want to, and it yeah. doesn't matter what your account says to be able to buy those. Yeah. Now, from Watching the Elon kind of situation, <laughs> yep. that actually seems like he is taking a little bit of responsibility for it because up until this day, it's been very much mm. headline news, need to make money, throwing out these features. But once he's thrown out these features, there's obviously an internal process going on that says, however, we still need to be credible.
1: Uh, he stepped down though. He stepped down as as chair of of Twitter, so Te- I don't think technically he- no. Oh, so, because he said that until when, when someone suitable, else comes in. Yes,
0: when a suitable right, person right. is found. So again, if you missed this story, Elon ran um, a Twitter <laughs> poll over Christmas saying to people, do you want me to be in charge oh, or yes. not? If people said <gasps> no, he was going to step Christmas, down. Please. People did say no, but he said, yeah. I'll step down once a suitable replacement could be found. Right, so, yes, yeah, he sorry. Step forgot, down.
1: forgot that little nuance <laughs> bit of the whole debacle. Yeah, yeah okay, fair enough.
0: So yeah. keep an eye out of that. So if you're a business, yeah. you ought to be keeping an eye out for Gold Verification back at the moment you yeah. certainly want to be looking towards your own what's not very clear from um, Twitter at the moment is what size of business you would need to be to be able to apply for those yeah. or even the application process or even whether that's <laughs> going to cost any money but yeah. we will keep you up to date <laughs> on that have a look
1: at the gold tick out. Yeah, yeah. as it, it goes out.
0: forwards now one thing I'm particularly excited about this year is a new TikTok feature mm-hmm. which is being released because up until this point so, so TikTok is a platform where you can share clips of videos you can share all this kind of stuff if you want to and one of the things I really, really like on TikTok, I've been tying in TikTok with my Netflix activity recently, right. because as you're flicking through, you see clips of TV programs or videos, and I've had so many times when I've gone that and I've gone, that looks really good. Mm, I really want yeah, to watch that. Yeah, yeah. But then there is no mention on that TikTok tick feed, TikTok, tick, of the TikTok feed <laughs> about, I want to just call it TikTok from now on, yeah, to my own. yeah. Um, there is no mention of what the actual program is. So you have to dive into the comments. You normally find some of the way down. TikTok has now collaborated with IMDB to be able to connect the two. So now if somebody shares or references a film or a TV program that's available, has to be mentioned in their video or has to be there to some extent, you can now immediately link to the IMDB listing for that programs. And that feels to me like a real step forward for the platform.
1: However, is that not taking people out of the app?
0: Is that a bad thing?
1: I don't think it is, but I wonder whether the advertisers would think that or not. Because normally it's all about keeping them on the app as long as possible. I think TikTok
0: TikTok is that kind of platform where you're not going to stay away for too long. And I think once you found yeah, the information, true. you'd immediately yeah. jump back into it. I would hope, little SEO tip here, if they are going to do it, it opens as a separate application so it doesn't take you away from TikTok itself. You've still got it there as an open program. Oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't have thought you they'd jump load it in a browser. To. But yeah. I do think it's interesting that they're, taking, they're, they're now looking at those ways to connect out into mm-hmm. the real world. So as they've done yeah. in the past with yeah. Shopify links or the TikTok shop, yeah. as they've done in the past with the ability to connect to Instagram platforms yeah. through the main profile... Now connected to IMDb, just seems that TikTok, regardless of what you think about their kind of ethics and how they work, and I know there's still a lot of issues around that, they are looking at collaborations with credible sources to be able to enhance mm, yeah. what it is that they offer.
1: I mean, Amazon do that, don't they? So if you're watching a Amazon Prime video, um, you can pause it, and generally IMDb will pull in who the actors are in shot and give you an IMDb listing if you wanted to then click on it. So... Um, i think you know with any social media platform they're all trying to pick the best bits from other th- other platforms and um i know in the past couple of months uh, they've also started supporting landscape mode for videos as well so again starting to look more like youtube and you know kind of feeding that in as well having floating um you know kind of engagement markers on top or something i mean you know it's just it, again it's it's hoping that people use it more. Absolutely. So as much feature as possible that you can add in, you know, it makes sense, doesn't it?
0: Definitely. I don't know if this is IMDb related, but I only noticed over Christmas on Prime that depending on where you pause a TV programme midway through, they actually show you the IMDb listings of the actors that are currently in that scene. Yeah, yeah,
1: They've done that for about
0: five years. So it's like, well, you know, I'm a little bit behind the trends of time. (laughs) That's
1: old news, mate. It it was
0: really interesting to see. So if you're Mm. at any point, it's not just a case of, as I've done in the past, Going to look at the cast, trying to figure out who um, the person yeah, is. If you pause yeah, it in yeah. there on screen at the time, yeah. you know who that person is. Yeah. Clever.
1: Again, that that links in really nicely to AI, though, because you know there will be an element of AI that loads that based on the facial features of that person in that shot, because I'm presuming it always takes a little bit of time to load, so I'm presuming it's checking something based on where you pause it. Uh, I would think facial recognition is involved in that with some sort of AI movement.
0: Yeah, makes sense. AI, always in the news. It is. It, it
1: is It is in our segment today as well when we talk about SEO. Um, search engine optimization. always what's the next thing in SEO? We always try and help keep people abreast of it. Um, in the UK, the big default search engine is Google. However... New top story for this month: Microsoft, that search engine platform that they call Bing, that's run by Microsoft, and um, they're actually starting to um, link with um, an AI system called Chat GPT.
0: It's a weird situation, isn't it? Because I think for people like ourselves that work in the tech sector and talk about this on a regular basis, we've been talking about Chat GPT for some times now, but most people and many people who might listen to this it yeah. still won't quite be on the radar yet
1: what is it so it's basically a um a little tool that you can install onto your website that creates um an automated ai based chat bot so if you've ever gone to a website and you've gone oh live chat click that button and then you've started to say my problem or i'm interested in blah 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 ask questions most of the time now, you'll probably get presented with a few options, a few questions. It might feel like it's a bit robotic. Um, normally, that's a, an automated chat. So the idea with Chat GPT, which is the most hottest one on the market at the moment, is actually using AI, so it's scouring its information it owns in its digital brain, to try and give the best answer.
0: And the reason why people are getting so excited about Chat GPT at the moment is it's probably the most intelligent system like this that has been produced today, or certainly one that's kind of accessible on the market. And it is, I, I've played around with it quite a bit so mm-hmm. far, and it's crazy when you type in a question, how accurately you can actually answer that question. Yeah. Now there's, I don't know fully the sort of background of it, but I do know there is a, a screen on the front of it that kind of says all of its information is based on where it's collated pre the end of 2021. So there's obviously been a big data scan or data yeah. upload prior to that yeah. happening but crazy intelligent Mm. and and like I say very very convincing and I think within the next few months maybe certainly by the end of this year the sort of chat that that will be pushing out Mm, as you're navigating websites and you're trying to buy stuff will be pretty much indistinguishable from the real human.
1: Yeah I mean a lot of the time bigger companies will have automated initial chatbot systems uh, so that will help with the frequently asked questions the uh, customer reference numbers, the things that a computer could do. And then normally there's, there's a sort of um, a kind of uh, a, a marker in time in terms of questions where then it will flick to a human operator. So once they've answered a few uh, bits of detail, it might be, oh no, actually this chatbot isn't pre-programmed to deal with my requests, let's pass them on to a human operator to be able to deal with human-to-human interface. But a lot of the time, it can answer simple questions. However, up to now, previous chatbot systems, you've had to manually go in as the human and preset those questions, preset the answers, And do this whole like flow chart setup system to try and guesstimate what the questions would be. This is a game changer because you're not having to pre-do that.
0: It's going to be interesting to watch they say it's going to be rolled out by march so we'll bring an update in the march podcast if there's anything major to report on that Uh, but like i say that's what we like to do this podcast is just bring you what's being talked about at the moment so that we can keep an eye on it you can keep an eye on it certainly if it's relevant as well as we said it's january at the moment um we we've quite openly and quite vocally kind of talk about our dislike of new year resolutions and sort of setting yeah. set stuff, relabeling it as goals for the year and things that you actually want to achieve. Yeah. So a lot of interest at the moment in the productivity work that you're doing. Always. It seems to be a lot of people are asking questions about email right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, people have a few weeks off maybe at Christmas or, you know, don't keep their inboxes, their emails up to date as, you know, an everyday sort of uh, regular working week might be. Uh, we come back from Christmas, we want to set new intentions normally on someone's to-do list it is reduce the number of emails empty my inbox or keep on top of my emails this year and have a process in place so something that you know i think someone somewhere 10 years ago said email was going to be dead it hasn't been email is still the main digital format of communication for people it's an entry-level kind of technical experience most people can Um, use an email most people have an email address now especially if you're within an internal team within your company it generally is easier to try and catch all by hitting send to all
0: yeah absolutely we've
1: we've kind of you know we've made it easier for ourselves by using email it's interesting though
0: isn't it some of the inquiries so so just um for those who aren't familiar with what we do business wise we offer training courses on these kind of top subjects and there's been a few inquiries recently actually Premised by exactly what you just said everyone needs to stay informed however everyone keeps hitting send all and we're getting to have to read a lot of emails that we don't necessarily need now we can't go that into into that too in depth on the podcast today we just don't have the time you've obviously got your online course people can download and we'll stick a link for that it's called Zen for Inbox in the notes on this show. But if you were going to speak to somebody, let's do the whole elevator pitch thing. You've only got 30 seconds to throw one top email tip at someone about how they can make a change in 2023. Okay. What do you reckon that tip would be?
1: Um, Only open your emails when you're ready to read and action them. No like just dipping in or I've just seen that notification, see what that's about or we'll deal with it later. Only look at your emails when you have the time and brain capacity to process what's in there
0: interesting we'll see if that comes through on the microphone but i just did a weird squeaky thing with my nose <laughs> wasn't sure if it picked up like let's let's see what happens
1: <laughs> i heard it <laughs> i
0: don't know why i don't know why um we're always reading as always, as mm. always, I say as always, I'm trying to convince myself that I always Reading, read.
1: Reading, listening, audiobooks as well. Including-
0: yeah, always trying to, and we had a good couple of months before Christmas, we had Chris Duncan's You're Not Broken, learnt yeah. a lot from that, certainly some things we're going to take into this year, but we've just launched a new book for the next round of the book club, so we're going to be coming back to this in March and discussing it as a group, and the book for this month, this is one that I actually read about a year ago, and it had quite a big impact on me, and it's by Near Eyal, and it's called Indistractable. The basic premise of this book is that most of what exists in the world is either designed or in, without meaning to distracts us from what we should be doing that's most effective. And what this book does is kind of go through lots of examples of how people have overcome those distractions, little strategies that you can use, even down to as simple as. On the, I can see you've got a copy of the book there in your hand. If you go to the back page of that book,
1: the templates
0: Yeah there's a little kind of pull out section there just flick yeah. over to the other side of it so in the back of the book is a little fold out red light and this red light he says rip it out and when you don't want to be disturbed when you're working on your computer just Mm -hmm. hang it over the top corner of your screen as a very visual signal to everyone else to just leave you alone and let you get on with your work and i found it a very useful book um lots of little tips like that so hopefully for those of you that are joining our book club Mm -hmm. um it's a great one to read and we look forward to coming together and discussing that with you
1: Interestingly enough, I've just been flicking through the book. It looks great. It's also got pictures. Um, it mentions um, an app uh, around digital well-being, um, and that moves us very nicely on to our app of the moment because um, lots of social media out there, lots of things you might want to block or not block or give yourself some time on things um our app for this month is called help me focus which actually gets mentioned a little bit in this book the type of digital well-being stuff you've been testing it out yeah so so you
0: recommended me so we had a conversation just before christmas where i kind of said to you i've, I've kind of fallen into this bad habit at the moment and it's a bad habit that i'm pretty sure 90 percent of people listening to this might also oh, yeah, fall into as well yeah yeah I wake up in the morning first thing i do in the morning pull out my phone to see if anything exciting has happened overnight so i'm flicking through youtube not youtube that's too long i'm flicking through tiktok i'm flicking through facebook i'm opening tiktok i'm kind of just going through those channels yeah. and seeing what's changed and i've spending about an hour doing this and then i'm going on with my day i'm getting my work done i go to bed at night last thing before i go to bed opening the social media channels, flicking through this stuff again. So I sent you a message and I said to you, look, it's keeping me awake at night. I think it's actually affecting the quality of my sleep as well and I'm feeling tired the following morning. Is there anything that you would recommend? You sent me the link to help me focus. And what this app does is you install it on your phone And then you connect it to the apps that you would like blocking from at certain times of the day. Now, I had to pay for an upgrade because I wanted to have two times of the day that I'm using this, but it's £4.49 for, I think, for a lifetime Lifetime. access. So never have to pay that again. So now I have between 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock in the morning and between 8 p.m. and midnight in the evening my Facebook, my TikTok, my Twitter, my Reddit, my um, Snapchat, any other social media channels, my phone will not access them. Now I could, if I really wanted to go on them, log on my laptop and access those as well. Sure. Because I've not got yeah. the same programme on there. Yeah. However, the effort it takes to open up my laptop to start it up to actually get on there, I haven't done. Mm-hmm. And we're a couple of weeks into the year so far. Small sample size, yeah. very early sure. to say. Yeah, yeah. But I do feel like I'm sleeping a little bit better. Brilliant. And I do feel a little bit more awake during the day. And I know you've said for a long time blue light of screens the negative effects of that. Yeah. I think I'm really starting to see, A, the effects of that, but B, those couple of hours in the evening where I'm not scrolling my phone and not thinking and just basically sat there blindly staring at the Mm, TV or, or something else or even reading a book at night... I think I'm starting to see the benefits. Nice. Of that, so I'd certainly highly recommend it. Like I say, Brilliant. it's called Help Me Focus. Free download if you just want to put one block in to start off with. Yeah. If you want to set multiple time frames, four pound forty nine for a lifetime access. Uh, but yeah, well worth having to play around with.
1: Mm, sounds good. Sounds positive as well. Good start to the new year for you know kind of reducing the time that you spent on. Being distracted by other things
0: as well. I, I think my word for this year really is habits. I think I'm, I'm, I'm very good, and I always have been in the past of trying something and sticking to it for a period of time. But as many people, kind of doing too much too quickly, all those kind of things, the problem with New Year resolutions. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, yeah, I think doing little things like that, mm. but just doing it all the time seems to make a difference. Actually, I should have mentioned a nice little feature of that app as well. If you suddenly change your mind. So if I say to myself... It's half past nine. I really want to go on TikTok. So I go in and I want to try and take the app off. I can't make any changes to that app for 12 hours after requesting it to be removed. <laughs> so it forces you into a half a day of waiting Brilliant. to access what you want to say. So yeah, liking it. Liking it. See what happens. There's, a, there's cool. going to be a link underneath this podcast yeah. in the notes for you to have a look at. It's been an eventful start to the year. Yeah,
1: it has.
0: Like I say, and it feels like it's going to be an eventful but good 2023 um, yeah, and, and we, we, no, we no, hope so we know and we, and we we know, know. Yeah. we know for all of you listening to this podcast as well it's going to be an amazing 12 months Definitely. for you as well as always if you need anything if we can help if you're looking for some support then reach out um, towards our enable and we can see what we can do to make your life a little bit simpler apart from that thank you very much for listening on whatever platform you've picked us up on make sure you click subscribe it's good for our ego we do a little happy dance whenever uh-huh. and you know Comes through, but we will see you again at some point in March. Have a great month.
1: Have a good one. Bye.